0: Bringing it home with Sarah and Tenille. Sarah, guess what today is? Oh, please tell me. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first day of summer. Officially. How about that? It's a. I've been on summer for a while now, yes. but it's officially the first day of summer. So. Yes cool is that or how hot well, is that I do cool <laughs> <Exactly.
1: laughs> no, like you love
0: this time of year I do I mean I just love the sunshine and I love the, the, the food and, yeah, and grilling.
1: traveling
0: and yeah. all of it it's kind so of a laid
1: back time it's
0: my time so something else happened not too long ago that might okay. affect some of our food choices that okay. we make this summer <laughs> um, the USDA and also Health and Human Services released the dietary guidelines for Americans now these 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 guidelines are for 2020 through 2025, so kind of a five-year period here. They released them back in December of 2020, so we're we're, we're a little late talking about it, but hey, they're in effect until 2025, (laughs) so so we've still got time. Um, And
1: we've got um, a special guest with us today, and I would love to introduce her to our listeners. We've got Dr. Kristen Johnson with us today. She is an assistant professor and nutrition specialist with UT Extension. So, hey, Kristen.
2: Hey, Sarah. Hey, Tennille. Hey. Hi
0: everyone. Yes, we love having you here. Thank you for coming to join us to talk about these dietary guidelines. So, who comes up with these guidelines and why do we get new ones every five years?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, So the dietary guidelines for Americans are developed by the United States Department of Agriculture and the United States Department of Health and Human Services. And the 1990 National Nutrition Monitoring and Related Research Act requires that the USDA and the HHS um, jointly publish a report that provides nutrition and dietary information recommendations for the public at least every five
1: years. Wow. Okay. I don't guess I knew it was that official. No, <laughs> I don't either, but... I mean, that's 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, good deal. Well, I, I have a question. Um, along with this, the tagline is make every bite count. Can you tell us what they mean by that?
2: Sure. So, Sarah, when I think of making every bite count, What comes to mind for me is that each time that we choose to have something to eat or to drink, it's an opportunity to provide our body with the foods and beverages and the nutrients that it needs to function at its best. And not only now, but also down the road at the latter stages of our lifespan as well. Hmm. Yeah,
0: that's so true. So when we eat, we're not just eating for today, Or even tomorrow, we're eating kind of long-term.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: Wow. So I know one of the things, kind of piggybacking off of that, Mm -hmm. this is the first set of dietary guidelines to focus on nutrition needs kind of across different ages and stages of life. So talk a little bit about that. Uh, Why is it important that we look at nutrition differently for, say, kids than we do seniors?
2: Sure, that's a great question, and I love to talk about that. Um, so I would like to mention that the Dietary Guidelines for Americans are developed to reflect the current body of nutrition science and nutrition research, and there is a Dietary Guidelines Advisory Committee made up of diverse group of nutrition and health professionals that help to summarize and reflect that research.
0: Are you on that committee, Kristen? <laughs> oh, <no>. oh. <laughs> Just take so, Okay, go ahead. Uh,
2: So over time, we've continued to understand the importance of helpful eating at every stage of life and how that current stage of life reflects what we need nutritionally. And we've come to understand that that includes the earliest stages of the lifespan. So even during pregnancy, food choices can influence our health later on. And so we know that eating well at a current stage of the lifespan not only promotes good health right then in that current stage, but as we just mentioned, it also influences our health later on. And so in recognizing the importance of helpful eating at every stage of life, this addition for the first time includes guidance for infants and toddlers, in addition to the people that are two years of age and older. And one of the things that's really stressed is that it's really never too early or too late to benefit from eating healthfully. Hmm.
1: That's a great idea because I think a lot of people get tied up in you know, well, I can't do any better. I've My gotten ways, this old. Yeah, like, <laughs> why why address right, it now? <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, but that's not the case. No,
1: and this you know leads me to another question, Kristen. Uh, it seems like the current set of recommendations is basically for the general population, or and. You can't see this, but I'm air-quoting healthy Americans. (laughs) (laughs) So why are there not parts of it that address, you know, the dietary needs of people with a chronic condition? For example, diabetes.
2: Yeah, another great question. So the dietary guidelines for Americans are developed to promote health and prevent chronic disease. And because of the public health nature of these recommendations, Um, The Dietary Guidelines for Americans have typically focused on sort of, as you mentioned, air quote, healthy individuals and those (laughs) who are at risk for chronic conditions. And they do not provide clinical guidance to help people manage their chronic conditions through their food choices and through diet. The 2020 to to 2025 Dietary Guidelines do emphasize that just about everyone can benefit from the guidance that really promotes making sustainable changes towards a healthful style of eating. And they emphasize that chronic conditions are influenced by many factors. concludes our genetics our behaviors as well as social and environmental factors and it's incredibly important to work and to, with a healthcare professional to develop an individualized approach to health for people who have chronic conditions
1: that's a great point you know it's yeah. not a one size fits all for people with chronic illness and things. you've got to consider their lifestyle factors and barriers and things like that.
0: Right. And you know, Kristen, as I was looking over the dietary guidelines, now I didn't read the <laughs> It's a lengthy document, okay? (laughs) But I was scanning the main points and um, I noticed that there is a promotion of a low fat diet, you know, trying to let everybody know that we need to be choosing lower fat foods and also including whole grains uh, in our diets. And I just wondered why is this when there are so many popular eating patterns out there now that encourage people to eat more fat? and fewer carbohydrates
1: oh we all know people that are doing oh this. yeah
0: so but that's <laughs> not what the dietary guidelines right. is recommending right
2: yeah that. that's another great question and i think that there are likely multiple reasons that 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 could be happening. Um, And I do agree that sometimes we often hear and we see many health messages and and nutrition messages. And at some times those recommendations may not always be based on scientific evidence and and research and so it it can be at times really hard and and confusing to to navigate all of those messages that we hear. I think it might be helpful to to start answering this question by describing the Dietary Guidelines for Americans approach to helpful eating through dietary patterns. And what we mean by that is that we typically don't eat an individual food or a nutrient in isolation. Instead, we choose a variety of different foods and beverages over a period of time. And all of these different foods and beverages come together and influence our health and our risk for chronic conditions. And I like to think of it as a puzzle. And all of those food and beverage choices are like an individual puzzle piece. And over time, our food choices come together and make mm. up a puzzle that reflects our individual eating pattern.
0: Mm. Nice. I love that. Mm-hmm. I like that thought.
2: Yeah. It's a nice visual to kind of to think about that term that we use in, in the nutrition world that might not resonate with with people who don't think about nutrition all day. Um, and so the Dietary Guidelines for Americans, their recommendations are based on the foods and beverages that are associated with a reduced risk for chronic conditions. And they think about what are those major components of an eating pattern that are associated with our with the best health and with a reduced risk for chronic conditions. So if you take it back to that puzzle piece, what... Foods should be the bulk, the majority of our puzzle pieces. And so they look at the scientific evidence and they identify foods that have shown up time and time again as foods that should be in our puzzle pieces in in larger amounts. And whole grains and what we like to call sometimes healthy fats, that might be a, a term that people have have heard have shown up as foods that promote health and reduce risk for chronic conditions. And so these healthy oils um, or healthy fats are often oils like um, perhaps olive oil, but it could also be foods that contain those healthy fats like nuts and seeds and even fish like salmon and tuna. I'm making up my own word here.
0: Well, I was wondering, I'm thinking, wow, we're not eating that at all. Tell me more.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
1: well this like everything you just said is is feeding right into my next question um the recommendation of making half your plates fruits and vegetables stayed in place from the previous guidelines that were released so how does this benefit us and are there certain fruits and vegetables we should be aiming for or do we just need to eat more fruits and vegetables any of them
0: yes
2: (laughs) Yeah, um, so you're absolutely right. Um, so the the MyPlate um, depiction is is something that um, hopefully the listeners have have heard about and have seen, and that is an um, a visual tool that was developed to help people use the dietary guidelines, like as you mentioned that really long document and put it into practice, and that does. Um, emphasize filling your plate with halfway with fruits and vegetables. And as you mentioned, um, what we've found from from research and, and looking at people's eating patterns and what is the best way to promote health through our food choices. And fruits and vegetables are certainly some of those um, puzzle pieces that we want to make sure are in our own eating patterns. Um, and I think you're 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 absolutely right. For for many of us, we can. We could we could benefit by adding some more fruits and vegetables <laughs> into, into our eating routine, um, and just that doesn't come without its challenges sometimes. Yeah. Um, so what I would say is variety is a term that we use quite a bit, um, and sometimes you might hear the phrase "eat the rainbow" and yes, what that means. I like that. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's what we I know we teach that in our classes. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, th- I think it's really important because there are so many fruits and vegetables that are delicious and are full of nutrients, vitamins and minerals and fiber that do so much for our bodies. Um, but when we look at all of the different colors and different types of fruits and vegetables, the exact nutrients that are in them just varies from from vegetable and, you know, different types of vegetables and different types of fruits. So if we eat a variety of those, then we can Best make sure that our body is getting the nutrients
0: we need. Now, we want to squeeze in a couple of more topics. We're almost out of time, but you said variety. One of the things that the Dietary Guidelines encourages us to do is to vary our protein. Now, when I saw that, I wasn't sure if that means, okay, I serve beef tonight, pork (laughs) tomorrow, chicken the next day, and then I just basically keep going through that cycle over and over. What could this look like if I'm going to vary my protein for an average family What are my options?
2: Yeah, that's another great question. I think that one important thing to note with all of these recommendations is that it's incredibly important. Food means so much to us. It nourishes our body, but it also um, we have our own personal preferences. We have cultural t- cultural traditions that often center around food and food is often a part of our celebrations. So food can mean many things. And I think it's incredibly important that as we think about these recommendations that we note that we can choose the foods that fit our budget and our preference. And so there are a variety of ways that a family could incorporate um, incorporate protein foods it could absolutely look like maybe having fish or seafood twice a week at, at lunch or, or dinner um, incorporating beans or peas um, it could be as a side dish or um, you know incorporated into a stew or chili Um, eggs at breakfast or even breakfast or dinner is sometimes fun. Oh yeah,
1: that's our favorite. Yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) we just had that last night, in fact. (laughs) But it could absolutely, it could be um, chicken or turkey, um, choosing lean beef or pork, and you know, some families may choose not to have animal protein foods, and tofu can be an affordable and um, a tasty option, so I think you're right on target. It's just choosing the foods that your family enjoys ways and choosing a variety of those over a
1: period of time well we can't leave out the dairy group and this happens to be dairy month (laughs) it's
0: dairy month we we gotta talk (laughs) about some dairy before we go
1: so you know we know that those are part of uh what is recommended what do we need to look at in terms of our you know dairy intake as far as foods and beverages
2: Yeah, great question. Um, So what the dietary guidelines encourage across all of the food groups is to make nutrient-dense choices. And really just what that means is that you're getting um, lots of vitamins and minerals and all of those important things our body needs. Um, And so they do encourage choosing low-fat or fat-free dairy foods. And this can include milk. It can include yogurt, um, cottage cheese, other types of cheese. It can even include those lactose free options. So some individuals need to to choose those. It can also include fortified soy options. Um, So um, soy products like soy milk that has vitamin D and calcium added to them. one thing to keep in mind, some dairy products like yogurt can have added sugars and um, so those can be fine you know, uh, on, on, in moderation, of course. But um, if we limit the amount of added sugars and try to find those options that are lower, it just helps us stay within our calorie limits and still giving us all those nutrients that our body needs.
0: Well, we are out of time. This is so much good information, but I just want to give you an opportunity to end with this. People that are listening, how can they just eat better in general without having to <laughs> memorize the dietary guidelines? Yes. Because they are long. It's a lot of information. What's just something we can remember that's going to help yes, us going take forward? Take home
2: message. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that is incredibly important. For me, I think one of the things to keep in mind is just remembering that our food does so much for us. It nourishes our body and all of the times that we get to eat or drink, it gives us an opportunity to honor and to fuel our body with the foods that we need. But to keep in mind that those foods can absolutely be something that is enjoyable and important to you. And so as we have opportunities keeping that my plate fill your half your plate with fruits and vegetables, protein foods, whole grain foods, and dairy. Just zooming out, looking at our eating pattern and identifying some sustainable ways that you can improve um, your eating pattern to um, improve your health.
0: Wow, That's that sounds great. wonderful! Yes. So, choosemyplate.gov. Is where people can go if they want to look at the MyPlate graphic. And we can link that. Yeah, we can put a link to comments. that. Yes. And um, Kristen, can you give your email address in case anyone wants to contact you directly?
2: Yes, absolutely. My email address is Kristen, K R I S T E N, dot Johnson, J O H N S O N, at utk.edu.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so so much for joining us today. And thank you to all of our listeners. And hopefully you understand the dietary guidelines a little bit better. And you've got until 2025 (laughs) to keep working on these until we get some improvement going on. So in the words of Mr. Bob Marley, live the life you love.
1: And love the life you live. See you next
0: time.